This podcast is brought to you by New Hope Baptist Church. For more information, visit the website newhope.net.au or follow us on social media. Well, hello everyone. My name is Annie Cameron um, and I'm one of the young adults here at New Hope. And I am so excited to be here um, speaking to you all tonight. So I'm going to kick us off with a prayer. If you'd all like to um, close your eyes and bow your heads with me. Dear Heavenly Father, um, thank you for the opportunity for us to gather tonight um, to meet as a community and to grow in relationship with you. I pray that you'll open our hearts tonight and that you may bless the words that are shared, that each person may know your love and your freedom in a new light. In your holy and mighty name, amen. So, can you think of a time in your life when you have felt completely and utterly free? You're not restrained, you're able to make choice, and you are completely at peace and feel an overwhelming sense of happiness. Have a moment and think about it. Can you think of a moment where you have felt completely free? For me, I can easily pinpoint my family's annual holiday to the York Peninsula in South Australia. I know that South Australia does not boast much and Adelaide is most definitely a city that sleeps. But I'm telling you, this one beach makes it all totally worth it. After a painstaking 12-hour car journey in between my brothers in the back seat of the car, I need the beach. (laughs) It is crystal clear waters, a north-facing beach, and the days here can be spent doing absolutely anything that you want. Swimming, kayaking, fishing, snorkeling, sailing, you name it, we do it. Dad gets up before the crack of dawn, as per I feel like every father in the world, and tells us that the best hours are the ones that we missed while we were sleeping. But these weeks I would not change for a thing. These are two weeks of the year when life is quite simply at its peak. We all want this freedom, right? And we want what it entails. We want these two weeks of bliss to be a permanent installation in our life. But the sad truth is that this picture of freedom can't last forever. Not only is this kind of freedom circumstantial, that to have these moments at the top of the hill, we need the valleys and the moments that aren't quite as free or aren't quite as good. But we also live in the restraints of this world. We have uni and work, school and pressures to do well, to make and maintain friendships and relationships, to foster relationships, to be career-driven, to be successful, to make money and achieve greatness in our own sense. So too did the Israelites. So today we're going to be reading from Zephaniah 3, verse 17, if you want to get your Bibles ready. And here the Israelites find themselves in exile. They are quite literally in the shackles of the earth. They are captives, captives, as they have been for decades, as they had forsaken God and they are stuck in a place of abandonment and judgment. But God is amidst it all and he gives them a promise. So Zephaniah 3 verse 17 reads, The Lord your God is with you, the mighty warrior who saves. He will take great delight in you. In his love he will no longer rebuke you, but he will rejoice over you with singing. This promise extends grace and joy to the people of Israel amidst their suffering. I love the invitation that this verse, poetic and creative, provides to the Israelites. An invitation to a good life. A life of freedom in the most wonderfully countercultural way. I'm going to read it one more time. The Lord your God is with you, the mighty warrior who saves. He will take great delight in you. In his love he will no longer rebuke you, but he will rejoice over you with singing. 
It paints us this beautiful, immersive image of freedom in life with God. And it spins around one central axis, that it's all about him and it's not about us. I think here we have a choice on how to live. Firstly, under the path of a self-righteous life. I'm going to take a moment to paint a picture of how this might look. Here, you might be doing your best to share your faith. You're taking the right steps to live in alignment with your values. You spend time attending church. You're meeting people and doing what you can to live the life that you are called to. But that's exactly it. Because so easily it becomes what you can do. And it's about the power that you have and who you are as a person. Self-righteousness is hard because it can so easily be hidden underneath our intentions, a byproduct of the attitudes that we adopt in trying to do the right thing. But by acknowledging the good works that we are doing, we somehow elevate ourselves to a status above that of others. As people of faith, I think it can be really easy to accidentally assume a position of self-righteousness when we are consumed by trying to be good people doing good things. The whole principle surrounds ourselves and raises people's perception of oneself in relation to others. Ultimately, self-righteousness is placing yourself in a position that is reserved for God. The reality is not pretty and nor is it meant to be. If the foundations of our faith are built upon self-righteousness, then they are as frail as ever. Even if your life looks good, it's frail. But there is another hope. There's another way. If we have the courage and the humility to remove our position of self-righteousness, we are invited to understand and walk in the true freedom of life in step with our Father. I'm going to say that one more time. If we have the courage and the humility to remove our position of self-righteousness, then we are invited to understand and walk in the truth of freedom of life in step with our Father. It's a subtle change that sparks a complete and utter revolution of perspective. You are enough and you have worth and value because you were first loved by God. God created people knowing the pain that it would cause him, but knowing that the gift of life was greater. John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world. His love for the world and his love for you was enough reason for him to act. You are enough. The Lord is the central figure. He created the moon and the stars, the mountains and the seas, the animals and the weather, and he loves you. So this brings us to some really, really cool truths. Because you were made in God's image, you are fearfully and wonderfully made, which translated from Hebrew actually means that you have been made with great reverence, heartfelt interest and respect, made to be unique and set apart, You are enough. Because you have been made in God's image, you are enough. You do not need to feel the bounds of pressure and progression. You are free. Because God wants to be with you, wants to walk with you and help you through the tough times, you are not alone. Deuteronomy 1 verse 31 speaks of how the Lord your God will carry you. You are not alone. You do not need to fear missing out, feel the need to fit in, to be popular and to influence people. You are free. And because God sent his son to die for you, to die on the cross in the ultimate sacrifice, you do not need to worry about the future. For no earthly step can amount to the promise of eternal life in God. You are free.
By living in the knowledge that God is at the centre of our very existence and awareness, everything is new and life is so very, very free. Suddenly, the 50 weeks of a year that we spend trapped in routine and waiting for the freedom of holidays, that all becomes free too. Yes, you have the deadline of an assignment upcoming, but so too is eternity upcoming. The freedom of God disrupts routine and it challenges the very foundational ideas of society. When being asked to preach tonight, I had the typical questions of inadequacy. I know that the Bible says to not let anyone look down on you because you are young, but who am I? A sinner delivering sinners a message. What do I have to say or what knowledge do I possess that is different or new or exciting? The very answer to these questions lies in the freedom of God that I am trying to illustrate for you tonight. The question is not, who am I? The answer is that he is. It's about God, it's not about me. When you take Zephaniah 3 verse 17 at face value, its beauty in simplicity shines through. The Lord your God who loves you and values you, he who has already taken your sin and your shame, your guilt and your regrets, he is in our midst. He is with you. He brings us success, victory in a sense that is way greater than winning. He gives us life in all of its splendour and its beauty, a life of true freedom. So yes, when I spend those wonderful two weeks each year on the York Peninsula, swimming and breathing in the fresh air, relaxing and rejuvenating, I am free. But I can also feel free and feel true freedom every single day of my life. When I feel guilt and shame, pressure and sadness, regret and fear, they attack me. But it's not about me. It's about our mighty warrior of a God who has already saved us, who loves me and gives me strength and worth and value because he is the strength and the centre of it all. So how can we adopt this position of humility before God? It's going to look different for everyone but I have three simple ideas that might be able to help you foster intimacy with God. Firstly is to pray. I feel as though I've grown up with a very conventional idea of prayer, praying each night before bed, almost reciting lines out of habit. If you find yourself like this, don't be scared to break out of it. Be unconventional. Pray throughout your day. Pray for your barista. Have a conversation with God. As much as we want to hear God's voice, God wants to hear your voice. He knows you more than anyone. He made you and he is with you. He is all-knowing and all-powerful. So be you. Have your voice. Be honest and laugh and cry with him. He wants you just to be you. Being open and honest with God will humble your heart before him. Secondly, we can find downtime. Life can be so busy. Coming out of the lockdowns, I know that the intensity can sometimes feel spiking. And yes, God is amidst the busyness, but it is so important to set aside time intentionally to be with God. When you prioritise something or someone, that is where you invest your time. It is not possible to have God at the centre of it all if you do not give time to God to be at the centre of your life. Spend time investing in a relationship with God and he will take first place in your heart. And finally, we can read God's word. We have this wonderful account of God and his love and his character, his power. And reading the Bible is not a burden, but it is a blessing. So find what works for you. 
The Bible can be big and intimidating and confusing. So I find that reading the Bible with devotions really helps. I know that the Bible app, which I'm sure most of you have, has wonderful Bible plans which you can complete with friends. So maybe you find that method of accountability really helpful and it might be able to help create intentional conversation. But I also love having a physical devotion book. Something about having it in front of me and being able to write down notes, to annotate it, to write cool thoughts or points that I, as I come across them helps me to really learn and engage in the Bible. Reading the Word of God helps you to know the character of God so that you may rest assured in his heart and his love. So remember, God values you more than you could know regardless of the circumstance that you find yourself in. The invitation to personally know God's presence and to walk in freedom with God is extended to each and every one of us. Can I encourage you, if you seek this life of freedom, to respond tonight, to abandon any self-righteousness and to instead humble yourself before God, the King of it all. There are people around this room who would love to pray with you and to share the joys of Jesus Christ our Lord with you. And I know that I would love to pray with you. So can I encourage you to not be stopped by any earthly pressure, fears or anxieties, but to take a step of boldness, welcoming the freedom of life to be found in Jesus Christ. I'm going to pray for us all. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you um, for your gift of life and freedom that you give to each of us. Um, I thank you so much that you love us and that you first loved us and so we have the ability to love others and to love you. I pray over this family. I pray that we can build a community out of your love and not out of our own self-righteousness, Father. I thank you that it's not the, the journey back to you that will change our hearts, Father, but instead the welcome that you give to us and the restart that we get in you. Thank you for your love and thank you that we can love you. In your holy and mighty name we pray. Amen.